Well, your LSU baseball team takes down Oregon State in the regional final to win the regional and advance to Supers. And in doing so, they played the exact style of baseball that I think this team needs to play in order to make an even further run in the postseason. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, do not forget, we also are on YouTube as well. So you can listen to us on the go on your preferred podcast platform. But you can also watch us on your smartphone, on your smart TV, on your laptop, wherever you watch YouTube. However you watch, wherever you watch, whenever you watch, and however you choose to interact with the podcast. Just appreciate you for being here and always appreciate you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. And I've also got to let you all know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And if you are watching on YouTube, see some fancy new graphics that we got. So shout out to our people at Locked On who are putting in the hard work behind the scenes to make our shows look so nice and so put together. I appreciate it. I love it. And I'm geeking out on these new graphics. I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. What a fun Fun freaking weekend of college baseball. What a fun weekend of LSU baseball. Because it was an incredibly fun and entertaining and energetic and nerve-wracking and exciting and also relieving weekend that LSU played. And I want to break it all down. Before we get into what comes next, before we get into a little bit of breaking news that came out today right after the regional championship, how LSU got here how LSU was able to win the regional. And it all started with the action on Friday night against Tulane. And Jay Johnson made a very bold decision. I guess that's the right word to use. Uh, Made a very bold decision to start Paul Skeens on Friday night against Tulane. And that was not a decision that was received very well among LSU fans, and rightfully so, because from the LSU fans' perspective, it was, okay, well, why are we pitching Paul Skeens against a team that went 18-40 and 40 in the regular season that we should absolutely positively beat with any pitcher in our bullpen with any pitcher in the rotation? Why waste Skeens' arm against a game that might feel like a gimme when you can use him later on, maybe in the regional final, that feels like a little bit more of a guaranteed win when Skeens is on the mound. I totally understand that line of thinking, and I think that is totally justified and fair. But I loved the decision by Jay Johnson, honestly. I was surprised and a little bit shocked, um, a little bit confused at first. And when I really thought about it, that was Jay Johnson's way of just showing that he's got some big old cojones by saying, hey, we don't care who we're playing. We don't care what day it is. We don't care what the stakes are. It is business as usual because it doesn't matter if it's Paul Skeens on the mound. It doesn't matter if it's Riley Cooper on the mound. It doesn't matter if it's Thatcher Hurd on the mound or Ty Floyd on the mound or who we're playing. We are the better team. And so it's just business as usual for us. Paul Skeens always plays on Friday night. So why stop now? Why play it cute 
and risk potentially losing that first game against Tulane against a team that you absolutely positively should beat and getting into the loser's bracket and already starting the regional two or three steps back when you are going to throw Skeens on a Friday night like he always does. I, and it, it ended up working. A decision that was criticized so heavily by a lot of LSU fans, it ended up working. So while I was shocked, while it took me a while to think about what Jay Johnson was doing, I understood what he was doing, and I, I totally fair and justified in the reaction from some LSU fans. But it worked. And Paul Skeens had a hell of a night. Paul Skeens had an elite night. Had a full game. Pitched all nine innings, gave up seven hits, only two runs, had 12 strikeouts. Also an insane defensive play on the mound, lifted up his leg, caught a line drive underneath his leg. I mean, Paul Skeens just continues to wow. Paul Skeens continues to do things that I I simply cannot wrap my mind around. And the announcers during the game were saying Paul Skeens is about as ready of a major league pitcher pitcher as we've seen at the college level for quite some time. So major act for Paul Skeens, a heck of a night for Paul Skeens, a career night for Paul Skeens, pitching a complete game. Bold, bold decision. I almost said a word I can't say. A bold decision by Jay Johnson to pitch him on Friday night, but it worked. On Saturday, rain out. So LSU played that second game uh, against Oregon State on Sunday afternoon. Ty Floyd Got the start, and then the, of course, the weather delay, and then Thatcher Hurd came in in relief of Ty Floyd after that weather delay. But game one against Oregon State, I think it was a close game. It came down to the wire, but I think it came down to getting it down on the mound and hitting dingers. Just big plays defensively when you needed them. It wasn't a perfect defensive game by LSU by any means, but it came up with big defensive plays, big defensive stops when they needed them the most, solid pitching, and hitting home runs. Five home runs on the day against Oregon State in that first game against Oregon State, and it came from guys like Hayden Travinsky and Cade Beloso who went back-to-back on back-to-back days, which was astonishing. I mean, LSU had a really, really solid offensive day. 19 strikeouts on the day against Oregon State in that first game. That ties their season best. So it was just In that first game against Oregon State, was it a perfect game? No, it wasn't. But they did what needed to get done. And it was so huge for LSU to not have to play that second game on Sunday night. And I don't think I I need to explain to you why it was so important that LSU didn't have to play that second game, why it was so key for LSU to stay in the winner's bracket. Because, first of all, you know, the bullpen – you don't have all the arms in the world. No, you didn't have to use Javen Coleman this weekend, but you don't have just arms upon arms upon arms. And that's the biggest issue and concern with this team right now is the bullpen, is the pitching. So not having to waste any more arms on Sunday night was so incredibly key. Not gassing yourselves after a long game one against Oregon State because you start it and it was about an hour or so of a rain delay. You come back. You got to use another arm since you were in a rain delay. It was just a very long day. The game ended late on Sunday night. I mean, just go get get the job done. Take care of business. 
go home, get some rest, come back for game two against Oregon State on Sunday. And it was just a hit parade on Sunday. You could tell, uh, excuse me, Monday, on Monday, just how drained Oregon State was, just how few arms they had at their disposal. They used five arms on Sunday, and you could tell that they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel. There were some guys out there that were playing on, on short rest, but it was an absolute hit parade. Four players had home runs. Like I mentioned, for the second game in, the, in a row, Hayden Travinsky and Cade Belosa went back-to-back with dingers. They took advantage of a very thin Oregon State bullpen and was able to just blow them out 13-7. And the final score really was not indicative of how the game went. It was 13-4, 12-4, 13-4 for the longest. Late in the game, gave up some runs. Oregon State kind of tried to stay alive. They, you know, they were trying to hold down their pride at the end of the game and credit to them for doing that. They made some solid offensive plays late in the game, but LSU eventually took care of business uh, on uh, on Monday afternoon. LSU wins the Baton Rouge Regional, advances to a Super Regional, and I think that LSU played the exact style of baseball this past weekend in the Baton Rouge Regional that they need to play in order to make a, a run further in the postseason. I'll explain what I mean by that, and we'll do that. Coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Y'all know how much I love FanDuel, and especially this time of year, because you can make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. I mean, that is $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. One of my favorite things about the FanDuel Sportsbook app is how reliable it is and how quickly you get paid. Because I don't know if you're like me, but when I place a bet on the FanDuel Sportsbook app and then I know that I win that bet, I'm so excited to check my balance on FanDuel. It's just so satisfying to see that number go up, to see that money that you just made, that you just earned in your account. And that's exactly what happens with FanDuel. You get paid instantly and you know that all of your bank account information, all of the money in your both your bank account and in your FanDuel account is safe and it is secure. FanDuel has got you covered. There is no better place to bet all the, fe- the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Every day or is tomorrow on the show, Brian Kelly had some words about NIL. Normally, I would be a little bit iffy about that, but I feel differently about this. And I'll explain that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU. But the big news of the day, LSU wins the Baton Rouge Regional. They advance to a Super Regional. As exciting as it is, as excited as I am, as excited as I know you are, as fun and it just encouraging and exciting a weekend of baseball we saw this past weekend from LSU. Just a reminder, the work's not done yet. We're just getting started and it is just getting a whole lot more interesting and a whole lot more difficult. So let's enjoy this. Let's pick up the little breadcrumbs of encouraging signs that we saw from LSU this past weekend and move forward knowing that they're not even close to scratching the surface of what this team can do and what this team should do. But I've said this before, the style of play 
the kind of baseball that I think that LSU needs to play in order to get themselves to the point that I think that they can get. And that is ultimately a final in Omaha, winning a championship in Omaha. And I think we saw that unfold as play this past weekend. And it's being realistic about what this team is and playing into the strengths of this team. One harsh reality about this LSU baseball team that I think we all know, we think we all realize is a thing, is the pitching. It's the bullpen. It's the depth. It's the lack of arms. It's the fact that there are some guys that LSU thought that they were going to be able to count on throughout this season. And for whatever reason, whether it's injury or unreliability, LSU can't count on them. So the the lack of depth, the lack of arms, and maybe the unreliability of this bullpen is in a harsh truth, an uncomfortable reality, an uncomfortable flaw of this team. On the other hand, the greatest strength of this team is the offense, is how Tommy White leads the nation in RBIs, about how Dylan Cruz is absolutely unstoppable at the plate, and it isn't exclusive to just this team's stars. You go down the line, Gavin Dugas, who's always reliable, Always scrappy. Hayden Travinsky, who was just home run king this past weekend. Cade Beloso also showing up when they need to show up. I mean, it is, uh, you go down the line, it's not just the Dylan Cruises and the Tommy Whites of this team that are getting the work done. It's from the top all the way to the bottom of this lineup. So what its biggest weakness of LSU's baseball team is pitching, I would say. Uh, bullpen depth. Uh, outside Paul Skeens. And the greatest strength is the offense. So I think in order for LSU to be successful, to continue this postseason ride, the pitching doesn't have to be elite. The pitching doesn't have to be shutouts every single night. I mean, you're going to get pretty darn close to that from Paul Skeens. You can't expect that from the rest of this bullpen, from the rest of this pitching rotation. It doesn't need to be elite. It's not fair of us to ask the rest of the starting rotation to be Paul Skeens. It just needs to be effective. What Thatcher heard and Ty Floyd, what Gavin Guidry did for you on Sunday against Oregon State, they had such a solid performance. And Ty Floyd, Thatcher heard, each continue to emerge and continue to prove themselves as solid, solid options in the starting lineup in your starting rotation. They weren't elite. Thatcher Hurd gave up, you know, four uh, four runs, seven hits. He also struck out 12. Thatcher Hurd, I think, had a great day, was incredibly consistent. But you're not going to get that every single game. So I think that that's the key is, is good, solid pitching. Strikeouts. Good, solid pitching. And being elite at the plate. And maybe that's the recipe for success for all of baseball, but I think it just plays into what LSU strengths and weaknesses are. That's what we saw from LSU this past weekend. The pitching was not elite. They gave up seven runs on Monday. Um, individually, um, individual pitchers on Sunday, Ty Floyd gave up a run. Thatcher Hurd gave up four. Gavin Guidry um, had two strikeouts. He only pitched for, um, for about an inning. But it wasn't elite. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't a complete shutdown. But they did what they needed to do, and the offense was able to take it even further. Same thing on Monday. The pitching wasn't elite. The pitching wasn't a shutout. Pitching gave up gave up seven runs. However, the offense was able to do what it needed to do to win that game. 
my philosophy about LSU baseball is sure they might give up eight runs, but they're going to score 10 plus. That's what this team needs to do in order to be pushed further into the postseason. I don't need the pitching to be elite. But you also can't have the pitching walk four or five consecutive batters and give up all these home runs, give up all these hits. The pitching got the job done. The pitching was solid. Pitching was good this past weekend. Offense was even better. That's the key, and that's the recipe for success. And I think that this bullpen and this starting rotation is starting to figure it out at the perfect time. Thatcher Hurd is playing his best baseball. Ty Floyd, to me, in my opinion, when Ty Floyd gets up at the at, on the mound, I every single week, every single start for him, I feel more and more confident in him. Riley Cooper on Monday also had a really solid start. I was also surprised by the decision to start Riley Cooper on Monday. It was the right decision. On uh, Ackenhausen came in in relief as well. Gavin Guidry also on his uh, second appearance in two days. The pitching did what it needed to do. Wasn't great. I would say it was great. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't elite. It wasn't shut down, but it doesn't need to be because his offense is just that good. So as long as the bats stay hot and as long as the pitching stays effective, I think this team can beat anybody. LSU is advancing to the Super Regional LSU's paired up in the Lexington Regional. Kentucky will advance. Um, Kentucky has just won the Lexington Regional, took down Indiana. So LSU will play Kentucky in the Super Regional. It's not confirmed at this time. I can expect that LSU is going to be hosting that Super Regional. Kentucky is a good team. I don't think they're a great team. They're a team that LSU can beat. They're also a team that can be beaten. Um, they're also a team that can beat LSU. LSU can beat them. They can also beat LSU. So you're going to have to bring out your good stuff. You can't have the kind of pitching that we saw at the end of the regular season. But I like this draw for LSU. I really do like this draw for LSU. You're facing Kentucky, a team that you've already seen. Um, and that's going to punch your ticket to Omaha, ultimately. So LSU taking on Kentucky in the Super Regional there. Coming up next... A little bit of breaking news coming out right after the regional championship. What that means for LSU, what I think of the move. We'll get into that coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Locks and LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So a little bit of news combined with the regional championship. I thought it was a solid day for LSU today. I had so much fun watching this team over the weekend. It was thrilling and nerve-wracking, and I had so much stress and anxiety going into this weekend. Honestly, I really did. And it was all surrounding that game against Oregon State, originally scheduled for Saturday, but on Sunday. I thought it would have been detrimental to this team if they fell into the loser's bracket. The the lack of depth in the bullpen, just the, the toll it takes on your body to play three games in just over 24 hours. That's hard. It's not easy. And we saw that really take a toll on Oregon State. At least that's what I saw my take on that when I was watching this game on Monday. It was, man, this Oregon State bullpen looks gassed. This Oregon State team looks gassed. And I have to give them credit. They fought until the very end. Oregon State put up, I believe, three runs in the final inning, or at least the final two innings. They were they had some bark in them. They had some bite in them. But ultimately, that rest for LSU, 
ultimately the depth in the bullpen that LSU had over Oregon State that catapulted them to a regional championship. And just overall, fun weekend of baseball as a whole. I mean, Arkansas, TCU dropped a 20-piece on Arkansas over the weekend. Arkansas is a very solid team. Vanderbilt getting bounced out of the regional that they hosted. Xavier and Oregon taking down Vanderbilt. I mean, some wild, wild stories over the weekend. But most important news is LSU, more likely than not, is hosting a super regional and will take on Kentucky after Kentucky defeated Indiana on Monday afternoon. That's the good stuff. But a little bit of uh, breaking news that came out that I did not expect at all. Pete Thamel of ESPN, who covers college football, but I guess is a college baseball reporter for the week. Um, he reported that Wes Johnson, LSU's pitching coach, has been hired as the head coach at the University of Georgia. Now, if you've listened to Locked in LSU over the past few weeks, first of all, thank you. Welcome back. Appreciate you for always making us your first listen every single day. Um, I-, I talked about Wes Johnson and I talked about how if this team fell short of expectations, and my expectation, honestly, is getting far in Omaha. Um, it, it really expectations with a championship, but if this team fell short of expectations, losing in a super regional, losing early in Omaha, then I would have identified that most likely the reason why being the bullpen. And this, I said this at a point in time when LSU dropped the series to Auburn and then to Mississippi state. And it was really due to pitching. I said, if this team can't do what we think it can do, with the talent like Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens and Tommy White and Hayden Trevinsky and Trey Morgan and so on and so forth, then somebody's going to have to lose their job. Because with big expectations and falling short of those big expectations, and this team having big expectation is totally fair and justified, then something's got to something's got to do. You know, something's something's got to give. This is a results-based business, and if you don't meet those results, there are consequences with that. And I thought that Wes Johnson would probably be the one to fall on the sword here, considering how many woes this bullpen has had this entire season. And I stand by that. But also, Wes Johnson has done some good. You know, um, this this bullpen has faced injuries. Chase Shores was going to be one of the guys that LSU thought that they could rely on throughout the season. He's out with Tommy John, Garrett Edwards the same way, Christian Little the same way. There's just not the number of arms in this bullpen that we thought that LSU was going to have. And not all of that is due to Wes Johnson. It's not Wes Johnson's fault that Chase Shores tore his UCL and needs Tommy John. So there are some things, some some disadvantages to this bullpen that are just out of Wes Johnson's control. I do think that there are some disadvantages to this bullpen that are in Wes Johnson's control. So I'm not going to throw a parade in the street because Wes Johnson is moving on to the next level. I think that Georgia got a good one. But I'm also excited to see the potential of this bullpen under new leadership. I'm excited to see what this LSU team can do moving forward whenever you've got some new guidance and new coaching for those arms in the bullpen. When you've got a lot of really good young talent, Chase Shores included. So I think that this is, you know, I don't think that this is the worst thing in the world to happen to LSU baseball. Honestly, I really don't. I view West Johnson as being a place that's a, a piece that's replaceable. 
I don't think it's a good thing for LSU baseball because obviously Wes Johnson is respected so much by Jay Johnson. And Jay Johnson has done enough, at least in my opinion, to deserve my respect and to deserve the benefit of the doubt from me that if he says this guy's a good coach, then I think he has earned the right for us to trust him. I mean, Jay Johnson said about Wes Johnson, he said, you know, I love him like a brother. And this was tweeted out by Leah Van and Jay Johnson said this in his um, in his post-game press conference. said, I love him like a brother. I can't imagine only spending 11 months with somebody and connecting in a way that we have. You know we're getting, you know we're getting, we're going to get about that dialed into that stuff. And he's made a big impact on our guys. You know we're getting, we're going to get about that dialed into that stuff. I don't know. And he's made a big impact on our guys. So just the gist of that is Jay Johnson loves him. The guys in the locker room love him. So whenever you have a guy that's loved by the players and the coaches and respected within that building, it's not a positive thing. But I don't think it's the end of the world. I think that Jay Johnson's going to be able to go out and find another guy that can coach up this bullpen to maybe not have as many peaks and valleys as this bullpen has had over this past season. So I'm not throwing a parade in the streets. I'm not waving my pom-poms. I'm not thinking that this is the best thing ever. I also don't think that this is the end. I don't think that this is the worst thing ever for LSU baseball. But Wes Johnson is going to finish out the rest of the postseason with LSU before he takes over duties as Georgia's head coach. So the gist of the day, the story of the day, the news of the day, LSU advances to Supers. What do they need to do to get to Omaha, to take down Kentucky. We'll get into that throughout the rest of the week. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Lock and LSU your first listen every single day, every dayers. Tomorrow on the show, what Brian Kelly had to say about NIL. But, of course, we're getting back into baseball mode throughout the rest of the week. All of that coming up throughout the rest of the week on Lock and LSU.